Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hello, you guys. Welcome to the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm your host, Megan Dwyer. So today I am going to air my interview with Caitlin Cuevas, who is the owner of Think Happy Co. Such a funny story. I had recorded this episode like many months ago back in September, and it's the end of January now. And at the time, Caitlin and I were doing a podcast spot. So I was going to be on her show and she's going to be on mine. We recorded mine and we held off on hers because she was having a baby. And I just completely whiffed. I forgot to air this episode. (laughs) Um, Last fall was a little crazy for me. So luckily, Caitlin is really cool and didn't mind at all. And honestly, you guys, she's just awesome, which you'll hear in the episode. She makes you laugh. She's going to teach you a lot of really cool tactical strategies. And you're just going to want to be her best friend by the end of this conversation. Her energy is just incredibly contagious. And it's just such a fun conversation. So who is Caitlin? Caitlin is the owner and founder of Think Happy Co. As she says in the episode, she is a lover of French roast coffee, golden doodles, and pump-up music. She believes that happiness is something we create for ourselves and that we are in the driver's seat of our own life. Outside of work, Caitlin is mom to Eleanor and new baby James. Um, She is wife to her husband, Oakley, and dog mom to her golden doodle, Guppy. In our conversation, we talk about a lot of things. We talk about Caitlin's perspective on happiness and intention, the importance of determining your why, concrete strategies, which I love, and tips to reduce the overwhelm in our lives. We talk about how sometimes taking a step back helps us move forward. And we talk about the 15-minute bucket list, so quick things that we can do to replenish ourselves, which I'm going to link in the show notes as well. So you guys can find Caitlin. You can check her out on Instagram at thinkhappy underscore co. You can check out her website, which is thinkhappyco.com. And you can listen to her podcast, which is the Think Happy Podcast. And again, I'll provide all links in the show notes as well. All right, you guys. Without further ado, here is my conversation with the lovely and fun Caitlin Cuevas. Hi, Caitlin. Welcome to the Money Isn't Scary podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I really am so happy to be here. (laughs) You're adorable. Um, So I would love to start by having you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do. Yeah, yeah. So I'm Caitlin. (laughs) I live in Houston, Texas with my husband. We have, um, at the time of this recording, an almost two-year-old daughter named Eleanor and a soon-to-be son named James, who's doing just a couple of weeks. So by the time this is, this is like weird foreshadowing, like by the time this episode airs, he will already be born. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
that's like weird time machine stuff. Um, We're talking about him theoretically, but exactly, will actually be here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I know. When we re-listen to this episode when it airs, I'll be like, "Oh, that's so weird. James wasn't <laughs> here yet." <laughs> um, and I, of course, have to mention also, um, we live here in Houston with our golden doodle named Guppy, who is just, you know, the the rock that just keeps our family, you know held steady to the ground we couldn't do it without our dog guppy <laughs> I, did i ever tell you i have a golden doodle too what i have a golden doodle he's nine his name's teddy and oh. he's literally our best friend he we had him before kids yes and he still is like spoiled rotten and loves oh. every second of it like he's as he should be he's an absolute love bug the kids climb all over him totally torture him and he just that's amazing. Care. He just That's amazing. He's awesome. Oh, shout he, out to the golden doodles out there. We couldn't do it without you guys. We, we could not. <laughs> <laughs> that oh. is so funny. Yeah. So whenever I feel like whenever I introduce myself, I try to keep it as light as possible. So a couple random things that I love French roast coffee with vanilla almond milk unsweetened. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very particular about that. <laughs> pump up music to do lists who likes to do lists me love them um exercising and of course weekends with no plans those are just some some random things that I totally love and just get me going I am on the same page with weekends with no plans it's Friday afternoon as we're recording this and I am in the same boat everyone's like any plans for the weekend and I'm like nothing I got some nothing sports, but other than that great I'm do not um, try to change that. <laughs> what's your favorite pump up music? What's your favorite favorite jam? Oh gosh. Okay. So I don't have a favorite, but I, t- well, not right now because I'm way too pregnant too, <laughs> but, um, I teach just like for fun, rhythm-based cycle classes and rhythm-based trampoline cardio classes. Cool. And so making those playlists with like, it kind of like feels like you're at the club, but you're like, oh wait, but I'm exercising. Like all the remixes and the beat drops and like that just, oh, pumps me up so much. That's awesome. I love it. I'm jealous. (laughs) It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that's me. That's me in a nutshell. Um, my, my business is called Think Happy Co., which is a year old now, which blows my mind. Um, I founded it with just one goal in mind, which was to help women simplify their lives and allow them the time and the energy to fill their own cup. Um, and so we do that by creating sustainable systems and routines, helping them, um, manage their tasks, prioritize their tasks. And yeah, that's, that's who I am. That's who Think Happy is. It consists of now, um, private coaching, group coaching, a podcast and a book, everything. I'm not very creative. Everything is called think happy. So, so the podcast, the think happy podcast, the book think happy. Um, some people call it, you know, good brand recognition. I call it lack of creativity. (laughs) Either one it works, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> totally, totally. So tell us how you got into this. What made you want to start a business and why this business? Yeah, yeah. So it all started when I realized that my nine to five was not going to be my forever job. And that looked a little different for me than it does for a lot of other people who come to that realization because my nine to five was with my family's business. And um, I actually worked with my dad for eight years at that job. Um, So it was a tough, tough realization to come to. But, um, you know, during that time, I could not figure out what I was quote unquote good at in a typical work environment. Right. So like, I felt like I wasn't a master at anything in particular. I knew marketing, we were a marketing company. Um, but I felt like there was no one part of marketing that I was just a total pro at. I knew sales, but I felt like there wasn't one part of sales that I just totally rocked it at. And the, the, the things that I felt like I was good at were people oriented, um, managing and optimizing time. Well, goal setting. I just didn't know how to turn those into like a higher, hireable, higher, hireable. Is that a word? (laughs) Hireable. I think so. (laughs) Hireable job. (laughs) So insert months and months and months of just pure soul searching. Right. So like every time I was in the car by myself, like my brain is drifting, like trying to think, you know, like what is my calling in life? And then, you know, every time I journaled, it would come up, excuse me. And I'm not really sure when I landed on it, but at some point I realized that I could transform, um, the book that I had written, which is about happiness into a coaching program. And that was kind of like version 1.0. That's, that's where, where the foundation started. But then I realized that the more helpful thing would be creating a coaching program where I could help women who were just like me organize their lives in a way that allowed them to, you know, not only be in control of their days, as opposed to like their days running them, but to also optimize their time to the point where they had time to check off their to-dos, but also time to give back to themselves. And so that is the, that is how Think Happy started. So you mentioned that you had, you wrote the book first. Mm -hmm. So what prompted the book in the first place? Was that while you were still working with a family job? Yeah. So the book was 110% while I was still working at uh, my nine to five. And were you happy? Oh, I was. Okay. I was. Working there was one of the biggest blessings in my life. And it's so clear to me why it was part of my path also. But yeah, the idea for the book it sounds really cheesy and really cliche, but it's like, I had this thought that I was, and feeling that I was supposed to be doing something. I just didn't know what it was. And then one day it just like smacked me across the face that it's like, Oh, I'm supposed, I'm supposed to be writing a book. And, um, the, it, 
it was because I realized that people kept asking me the same question, which was, Caitlin, like, how are you always so happy? (laughs) And my answer was always the same, you know? Well, it's not that I'm always so happy, but it is like, I am very intentional about, um, like creating happiness in my life. And so that's the premise of the book. And yeah, that, that was published, uh, right when COVID started here in the States. So March, 2020, March, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? Like, so I actually like did an episode on my podcast about money and happiness. And one of my massive themes that I have going through all of the different episodes that I do is on intention. Mm-hmm. And so the question that I really was trying to answer in this episode was, can money buy happiness? And I think it does to, it can to an extent, but it all comes down to what you're buying and how much that matters to you. Right. So it mm-hmm. all goes down, it all like ultimately has to come from a place of like, of being in alignment with your values and what you care about. Right. So I'd love to hear a little more about your perspective. Like what's in the book that you needed to share with the world? on yeah that that line around like happiness and intention and all of that yeah yeah well kind of to your point I think a lot of it does stem from you know what you value and who who you are on the inside um and what that person's values are right just like deep into your core and so the book outlines some pillars of happiness and those are time management take because i believe that time management you know is kind of the foundation of the the other pillars uh the next is taking care of your body taking care of your heart spending time with yourself so me time time to fill yourself back up you know replenish yep. and then setting and achieving attainable goals And so I just, I, I'm going back again to what you said about values. Each of those pillars really starts and stems from, you know, value. Like I, I can even sit here right now and think, you know, when I teach about goal setting, whether it's in the book or not in the book, the very first step that I teach is to identify your why behind whatever goal you're trying to set, you know, like what's the true meaning for you behind that goal? Because I guarantee you when that goal gets tough, which it will, what's going to keep you going is that why, what it, it, it just has that strong, it's kind of, my dad has equated it to, or the analogy that he uses is so in a, an iron man, Um, And I know that you are a runner and so are very acquainted with triathlons. So an Ironman is a three event race, right? Swimming, cycling, and running. Well, my dad said is actually a four event race. The fourth being like your meaning behind why you're doing it. Because Mm -hmm. when training gets so tough, you're going to need that fourth event. You're going to need that why to keep you pushing, to keep you going. I love that analogy. I think it makes a lot of sense now, like why we see 
so many unhappy people out there because they either haven't done this exercise of determining their why, or maybe they have, but they just did it one time and they have to, I think that's determining your why isn't one and done. It's constantly evolving as we're evolving because we're humans, right? And we're always Mm -hmm. changing. And are there tips in terms of like, or thoughts that you have in terms of like, on it practices on a daily basis that you can do to try to to try to bring that why into your everyday because it's so easy to just like wake up and be like oh another day right so like like look at all the things that I have to do today and if you're not excited to go through you know live your life and go through your day then obviously that's going to kind of translate into your mood and then you're going to be sort of generally like grumpy right so what are your thoughts on that my thought is so I'm going to go to morning routines, right? And um, for me, a morning routine does not have to be something that is long and drawn out. It can be five minutes, but it's starting your day in a way that you have control over it, doing something that starts off with your cup already filled, as opposed to starting your day, rolling out of bed because your kids come in screaming, waking you up, right? Which is waking my up. day every yes. single day. <laughs> yes. So starting your day intentionally before that happens, because for some of us, that's the only part of the entire day that we actually have control over, right? Because once the kids get up nine times out of 10, like, they're, they're leading the charge. And once we get to work, you know, we have coworkers, we have our bosses. Um, we have the people who are driving on the interstate next to us, you know, all of these other people, their decisions are impacting indirectly your day. But if you start your day with some time just to yourself, you still have control over that. And the ball is in your court to set the tone for your day at that time. So So, I don't really know if that answered your question. No, it did. And to take that a step further, like, so if you're new at this, right. So I years ago heard about this concept of morning routine and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get up at five o'clock because my kids are up early. They just are. Um, (laughs) I'm going to get up at five o'clock every single day. And I'm going to drink hot water with lemon and I'm going to journal and I'm going to exercise and I'm going to like do all these things. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was fine with that for a while and I did okay. And then of course, like you fall out of it, like something changes, a kid gets sick, you get sick or whatever mm-hmm. life happened and you fall out of that routine and I haven't gone back to it. And so I also feel like there has to be, we also have to like, and I'm glad you said this, it can just be five minutes because then there's no pressure. I feel like a lot of times we put this pressure on us to have like this perfect situation in the morning. Mm -hmm. And if that's not done, then it's completely defeating the purpose because we're just getting more like frustrated with ourselves that we're not accomplishing this. And then that's going to make us more grouchy and anxious throughout the day. Right. So what, what does it look like for you or what, what would it look like for a newbie person trying to implement this in the simplest, easiest way possible. Right. So I'm going to say your very first step is identifying why you want to have your morning routine. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is going to help you 
you know, routines, in my opinion, should be fluid, right? Because life changes their ebbs and flows. Um, this morning routine should be something that serves you, not something that leads to more stress in your life. So with that being said, you know, when you do have that sick kid, that's okay. That is a okay. You know, at least when your kiddo is not sick again, you're going to have the why for your morning routine that will hopefully drive you to getting back to it. The other thing I want to say with getting back to a routine that you've fallen out of the habit of is just starting with baby steps. And that's also how I teach my clients how to build routines, which is taking the the baby step, um, one step at a time approach. So first step, identifying your why. Second step is going to be um, to visualize or write down what your ideal morning routine is going to look like. You know, in a perfect world, what does my ideal morning routine look like? Okay, then your next step is going to be to pick two or three aspects from that ideal vision and start with those. That's going to start building your foundation for the morning routine. And that's most likely going to be what you default to when you get out of the habit of doing that routine and are trying to fall back to it. That's going to be your foundation. Um, And have that foundation be something that you truly love. For me, I don't love warm lemon water, right? I know that that is going to be, I know that that's a really healthy way to start out my day. But what I really love is coffee, right? So I'm going to have part of my foundation be enjoying my cup of coffee, right? Because that really is something that can get me out of bed in the morning is thinking about those first couple sips of coffee. I call it quiet coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so once you have succeeded in a couple of consecutive mornings, maybe a week, maybe 10 days of doing that first layer, that foundational step of the one or two things from your ideal morning routine, you add two more to it. And then you add two more, right? So you're taking this baby step approach to building a sustainable routine that really serves you. So how do you see it? Like, what are some examples of, of people who have incorporated a morning routine into their day and have set themselves up for being in a good place for the rest of the day? I guess, how has that changed people's happiness or perceptions or experiences with life? Like, do you have examples of people you've worked with that have things have started to change for them because they've implemented this? Yeah, that's actually, I really like that question. I've never been asked that question. And the very first thing that comes to my mind is um, whenever you listen to interviews with any like famous high achiever, first of all, everyone has some sort of morning routine who falls into that category. I'm terrible with celebrities and like remembering names. So of course I can't think of one right off the bat. Like Mel Um, Robbins, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, but like in my personal life and my experience with clients, oftentimes getting down the habit, the routine of, of having a morning routine 
then leverages them into being able to start other healthy habits and other healthy routines. It's kind of just like, I don't want to say it like this, but it's like the gateway drug to routines. Um, And I think the reason behind that is because there is something about that time of day that you still have control over. Yeah. That you're still 110% calling the shots. Um, and yeah. Well, you haven't been as a, this is a terrible way to look at it, I think, but you haven't been defeated yet, right? Like there's exactly, no, yeah. like you wake up, I do anyway, I wake up and I'm like, the first thing I think about is all the things that I have to do that day. Mm-hmm. And then two minutes later, without fail, if I'm up before, if my, unless my son hasn't already woken me up, he's in my bed climbing on top of me. And then all of a sudden, like you look at the clock and 11 minutes have gone by and now I'm running late for this and I'm running late for this. And it's, and it's like crazy all of a sudden, like the morning just gets ahead of you. So Mm -hmm. there's no, even though you, you have a list of things that you, that you have to accomplish by a certain time, there's no like intention there. There's no time to slow down and like be you for a minute to just breathe and catch your breath. Like you're always feeling like you're kind of like behind the eight ball and one thing goes into another, which goes into another, which goes into another. And then by the time I actually do like sit down to my desk to work, I'm just like, oh, I've had a morning already. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It does sort of set the tone for the day. You're like, already sort of in like reactive mode because mm-hmm. you haven't been intentional about yourself or your time that day. Yeah. yeah. I don't exactly. know if that makes sense what I was trying to explain. No, it does. It totally does. It totally does. Yeah. 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 No, I, I really think though, that there's something to be said for it. I have these moments where I'm like morning routine, like that's, that's <laughs> ridiculous. That's not possible. I'm not going to be able to do that. But I think if you're able to to like take the pressure off, like you said, consider it even if it's five minutes. And also I love what you just said about doing something that you actually like, like motivation for you to get out of bed in the morning. That's a big thing for a lot of us, moms in particular, I think, because once you're out, it's like, you know, let the games begin, right? It's like everything just continues and your time isn't yours. So to actually do that and do it in a way that it's self-motivated, because if somebody tells you to do it, you're not going to do it. It has to be, it has to come intrinsically. Exactly. And just to piggyback on that, don't, I would encourage people don't listen to what other people, what society says should be part of your morning routine. If, for example, if you don't love exercising first thing in the morning, I would not encourage you to start off your morning with forcing yourself to do that, right? If if something that you love is quiet time with a fiction book, have that be part of your morning. Yeah. How glorious does that sound? Sitting on the sofa before kids are awake, even if it's five or 10 minutes with a cup of coffee, reading a book. Oh. Or that sounds great. Right. Like we never get to read books anymore. Right. Or listening to a podcast. I love yes. doing that. I love just like popping in my AirPods and just like either going for a walk or just like sitting there and just breathing and just like, I don't know, listening to somebody else, like else's thoughts on something. And mm-hmm. it's always inspiring. Absolutely. So whatever it is that kind of 
gets you going, right? That gets you feeling like you're ready to kind of handle the day. So what are some of the tactical Mm -hmm. tips and tools that you work with a lot of the the moms in your coaching practice? Like like if you have a a mom coming in, you know, asking for a friend, right? Um, Feeling the (laughs) overwhelm and like feeling like there's so many things on her to-do list. And I'm just on this constant treadmill all day long between like juggling my job, juggling like my kids, the pickups, the the drop-offs, the just all these responsibilities that I have. Mm -hmm. What are some of the general tools and strategies that you work with these moms on to help eliminate and, or at least reduce that overwhelm? Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good question. And the first tip that I have for your audience is kind of similar in the same vein, I'll say as identifying your why behind your what, right? So it's more of a mental tip. So that is to take time to truly, truly appreciate the fact that no one except for yourself is expecting you to do it all. And I will be the first to say that really is so much easier said than done. And kind of the crummy part of of it is that it's also an ongoing process. It's not like it's something that you can cross the finish line and check it off the list and say, all right, I did it. You know, it's, it, it's yeah. something you have to continually work at. <laughs> it's a, I, I like to think of this as like the process of giving yourself permission and it doesn't uh-huh. happen. It doesn't happen overnight. Like giving right. yourself permission to let go of those expectations that you have on yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think from that is also exploring where those expectations come from because a lot of them are probably, they could be how you grew up. Like it could be an expectation that maybe like your parents had or something on you, but I doubt it. Mm -hmm. It's probably from culture and and what culture expects of moms these days. And it's, those expectations are completely unattainable, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You're so right. And also something else is, I think recognizing and giving ourselves permission for some days to be better than other days, like in this vein, you know, some days you're going to be able to give yourself more grace than other days. And that's just part of being human. That's just part of life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Like you haven't, if that happens to you, you haven't set yourself back. You haven't like regressed, right? Because that's exactly. how I always think like, oh God, well, I was, I, I did this last week, but now I'm struggling to do this. What's wrong with me? That's not how it works. <laughs> We're not. I robots. love, I'm so glad you just brought that up, Megan, because I, um, okay. So I'm huge on analogies. If anyone from the think happy community is listening to this, they're going to be like laughing because here's comes Caitlin with an analogy. I like to think of like taking a couple steps back as when you're sewing, like sometimes I'll sew up like my dog's toy that like she's pulled all the stuffing out of, right. I'll sew it up to like, give it a little bit more life. Well, when you're making those stitches and then you go backwards and you make the back stitch, it forces you to then go forward again. Right. And so doing that back stitch actually makes the stitch stronger. 
Um, mm-hmm. So taking those couple of steps back is actually going to lead to something stronger in, in the long run. I've never heard of it said that way. I've never heard it like that, like that it's actually a good thing. I always just think of it as like, oh God, like why can't I just keep yeah. moving forward? I never actually thought yeah. that taking a step back is is making me stronger, is helping me get better at this. Like, that's so fascinating. It's just taking some back stitches, making making the stitch stronger. I have no idea how I thought of that analogy. It literally came to me one day. I'm sure I had like just been stitching up. And so everyone knows, like, I do not sew. I am not a sewer. <laughs> <laughs> I stitch up things so that I don't have to go buy new ones like right yeah. away. <laughs> Just to be to kick the can down the, <laughs> down the road a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, that back stitch makes it stronger. I think too. Let's sort of take a step back from all of this for a second. Like we also just need to recognize too that I think the pressure that we put on us to be good at something, especially as moms all the time Mm -hmm. is ridiculous. I like to think of it like this. Some people really love the baby stage, right? And they just naturally like snugglers. They love the, I don't know what it is. Maybe Mm -hmm. you just really love the baby stage. Maybe you hate the baby stage. Maybe the toddler is more like, (laughs) is better for you. Probably not. I'm guessing nobody really likes toddler stage. Yeah, no, I'm smacked up in the middle of that right now. My daughter just started the thing where when you're trying to get her to go somewhere and you're holding her hand, she just collapses onto her knees. Oh yeah, I love it. And so then you're like pulling her. Yes, you're dragging her on the She's screaming. Yes, yes. Oh, been there. (laughs) Been there many, many times. Actually, yes had a situation like that recently with my boyfriend. Just this <laughs> um, but you know, then maybe there's another stage. Like I feel like for me, I've never quite got my groove as a mom. And I've been a mom for almost six and a half years now. Yeah. And so I get really discouraged because I see all these other parents out there that are like, look like they, it all, everything looks like it's smoother. It looks like they're succeeding at this, at this stage or this stage. And I think what we, what I try to tell myself in those moments where I feel like, wow, I like, maybe I just don't belong. Maybe I'm just not a good mom that I'm, cause I feel this way, or maybe, maybe it's me, right? I don't think so. I think honestly, deep down, I think about this logically. I think every stage is something new. I've mm-hmm. never experienced this before. And I'm just, it's almost like growing pains. Like I'm stumbling and I'm falling because I've never been through this before. I don't know how to handle this. Yes, we get it. Like I start to understand my kid more, like as a person, we're starting to like understand. So I think that's how things are starting to get a little bit better. But again, there's the every day is something new and they change so fast. So I think we have to give ourselves credit to some extent that like, how are we supposed to be perfect at something we've never done before? Exactly. Constantly changing. So we're trying to win a game that doesn't even really exist. Like it's not even possible to win this. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Because even so like using you and your boys as an example, they're two years apart. And so your oldest is six and your youngest is four. So when your youngest turns six, you can't even tell yourself, oh, well, I've gone through six years before. No, because now you have a six-year-old with an eight-year-old. That's brand, That's a brand new territory. Exactly. You haven't done having a six-year-old with an eight-year-old before. Yeah. 
And also like, they're not the same kid either. They're one kid yeah, has sure, one different yeah. personality. One kid has, and I, it's funny that I say this because when I was pregnant, like you are, and I knew I was having a boy, I was like, how is it possible that I'm going to have another boy. That's not the same exact kid as my, yeah. my, my first kid. Like it just blew my mind, that whole thing, but they are very, very different, like drastically different personality wise. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you just, and they're still figuring themselves out. Of course, it's going to be like years before they like mm-hmm. kind of come into their own and they're always changing and they're figuring things out. And so of course the person that like this, I think is the hardest thing. This is not like learning how to sew or quilt or whatever, because Mm -hmm. that's the same instructions. Like that comes with an instruction manual. You just, you follow the instructions, you practice, you get better at it. You get better at it. You get better at it. This is something like, yes, you might learn, get to know the kid a little bit more, but they're constantly changing. You're constantly changing. The life is Mm -hmm. constantly changing. And what you're going through is constantly changing. So I think like we need to recognize that. And I totally just took over your step, your tips here, but to that that point, like, I think we do need to recognize and give ourselves permission that how can we possibly set these expectations for ourselves if we have never done this before? So true. And chances are you're the, like, not you, but you being whoever is listening are the only one that's expecting yourself to like pass with flying colors, you know? Right. Right. No one else is sitting there thinking like, oh, there's Megan over there. Like she really should be doing a lot better. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nobody really knows, right? That's the other thing. Nobody knows what's going on. Like they can see, they could, they might be able to see from the outside looking in, but they don't really know what's going on. And how everybody interacts and all that stuff. So, so true. So true. (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's tip one guys. (laughs) And that's that's that for a tip. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. All right. It was good. I'm glad. Okay. So the second tip is more hands-on or tactical, which I know a lot of listeners like tactical tips. So I always suggest starting just with a task prioritization exercise. And this is, I'll walk you guys through it. Um, Like I'll give you a, like a bird's eye view of what it is. Um, But I do want you guys to know, this is something that I even do myself when I start to get to the point of feeling super overwhelmed. Um, It's pretty simple, literally not rocket science. Um, So the first thing is to do a brain dump. What that brain dump is going to look like is getting everything out of your head that is floating around living totally rent-free in that prime time real estate that is your brain. Just get it out of your head, transfer it to a piece of paper. It doesn't have to be in any sort of order, categorized. No, you're just going to write it all down. And I'm meaning like tasks, to-dos, you know, things that you feel like are on your plate. After that brain dump, you're going to categorize things. And I literally do that with highlighters, different color highlighters. So for example, I'll go through with a pink highlighter and highlight everything that I have to do that's, you know, for the home or chores. And then I'll go through with a yellow highlighter and highlight everything that I have to do that's for work, um, 
a green highlighter, everything that's, you know, errands, I don't know, whatever your categories are going to look like, go through, highlight those, then rewrite them based off of the categories. So now you'll have a handful of a couple different lists of categorized tasks that you have to do. Now, this is the fun part. You get to go through those lists that you've just identified and identify the things that actually are time sensitive, identify the things that can be delegated, identify the things that can be put off for a couple weeks, couple months, identify things that don't even actually have to get done. That for some reason it was just in your head. And now when you put it down on paper, you're like, oh, actually like, that's silly. I don't even have to do that. Yeah. Um, and then go from there. You know, there is something about doing that exercise, seeing it all out in front of me. And even though I might have eight lists that have a bunch of things in each of those lists, seeing that not everything there has to be done right now is huge. Yeah, it's really powerful. And I think the other thing, the, the thing I like about brain dumps, and I don't do them nearly as much as I should, or as I, as would help me, right. Is that it takes it out of your head and puts it on paper and it removes it out of your head. Like, so now it's on that paper and yep. it, you don't feel it. Hundreds of things swirling around mm-hmm. in your head and I have to do this and this, and this, and this, and this. And now it's like there. And I like the idea, like you're taking it a step forward and, and categorizing them and putting them into different buckets to mm-hmm. make it. So, you know, say there are a couple different things you need to like errands or something. And you're like, well, I can go do this while I'm doing that. Well, you know, yeah. so maybe you can help you sort of practice some efficiency as well. Yeah. And optimizing. The, the, yeah, yeah. I call it um, optimizing your tasks and optimizing your time. Yeah. Um, and the best way to be able to do that is to clearly see what it is you have to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then the third tip that I have for you guys is surrounding to-do lists. So my primary tip, and I'm going to follow this up with two bonus tips, um, primary tips surrounding to-do lists is to make your to-do list before you're ready to actually start working on it. Um, The reason why I love this tip so much is because it allows you to utilize all of your, and I'm like, I'm doing air quotes here, all of your get things done time for actually getting things done instead of using some of that time to make your to-do list. Right. Uh, There's my golden doodle, by the way. Yes. (laughs) Hey, Teddy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's, I'm sure, barking at another dog walking down the street. Um, But yeah, because I think what it does is it also like, we don't realize how much of a mental energy is go, goes into that to-do list, mm-hmm. so like creating the to-do yes. list. And by the time Absolutely. we're like, through it, like, oh, I got to do this, 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 and this, you're like, oh, like, okay, now where do I start? Right. Yeah. And that, what you just said is going to go into, actually, that's a great segue for some of my bonus tips, but think about, okay. So you're a busy working mom. Some days, what if you have one hour to get things done and then you use 15 minutes of that making your list? That's a quarter of the time that you had available to get things done. Right. Um, That's a lot, but okay. So now going back to the bonus tips, 
bonus tip one, drum roll. <laughs> Identify the three things on your list that you would be happy with accomplishing that day, even if you didn't have time to do anything else on your list. And I say three things. Some days it could be the one thing on your list, right? That you're going to be like, okay, like today's going to be a messy day. Um, if I do this one thing, then I'm going to feel good about myself, you know? Yeah. So, so start your list off knowing what those are. Um, laundry. I just have to say laundry, oh, the, the pile yep. of clean laundry that's still in my basement right now that oh needs gosh, to put yes. away is like, that's taking up, I'd say like 40% of my brain space right now. <laughs> Starting the laundry is not hard. Finishing the laundry. Yes. Yes. Is exponentially oh, harder. Like, <laughs> it, folding it, putting it away. Putting it away. Places. Yes. So yes, I think <laughs> like I'm that's, there with that's you. A huge one for me. I'm right there with you. And then bonus tip number two. So in batches of three or five, number the order that you want to do your tasks in. So I'll do this in pencil because once I finish my first batch of like three, I'll go back and I'll erase it and then, or I'll erase just like the one, two, and three, and then I'll do it again. Um, so that helps when you inevitably get pulled away from the task at hand. Um, it helps when you go back to it, to know exactly where to pick up where you left off. Also, it helps you optimize your time because as you're going through your to-do list, you already have identified what you're going to be doing next, which just, you know, think of it as a form of like mentally saving energy because you're batching this prioritization process all, you know, in, in groups instead of task by task, having to figure out what to do next. So yeah, those are cool. my, my three tips plus two. <laughs> You've inspired me. I'm going <laughs> to, honestly, I do. I feel like, especially like this is good because we're, as I said, we're recording this on a Friday afternoon and going into the weekends. That's when I think I get the most overwhelmed because there's so many household tasks to do, right. Yeah. That I've been putting off all week. So, yeah. So having the organization around it, the prioritization, the brain dump for sure is going to be really helpful for me. Great. I love hearing that. I have a huge smile on my face. Cool. <laughs> so before we wrap up, I love the idea that you have of the 15 minute happiness bucket list. Can you tell us what that is and how we can do that? <laughs> yes. Yes. So I'll start by, oh, and now I just heard my golden doodle barking. So just they're going to start to they might They're going to start chatting with each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, I digress. So first I will start by saying I do have a whole podcast episode on the 15 minute happiness bucket list. So if you guys like want a deeper dive into it, it is available for you. And actually, so as I'm saying that, I'm sure you'll be able to resonate with this Megan, because it, when I recorded that episode, you know, obviously we think that our listeners are going to enjoy every episode we air or else we wouldn't take the time to record and air it. Yep. But it was one of those episodes that I didn't realize actually how much 
the listeners would enjoy it. And it's one of uh, the Think Happy podcast's most listened to episodes, which I'll tell your listeners again, if you want more on it, go listen to it because it's I will really also, I will link it in the show notes. So oh, that, yes, so that That's so the listeners can easily find it. Yes. Yes. Okay. So in a nutshell, the 15 minute happiness bucket list is a bucket list of things you can do inside of 15 minutes or less that make you happy and fill your cup back up. Okay. So the goal here is to find quick things that you can do to replenish yourself. Yes. I literally like, and as you're talking about this, I'm grabbing a piece of paper and I have a list of 10 things that I wrote down that says things that fill my cup. I love that makes me so know. happy. I'm just gonna, we're, I'm just gonna keep listening to what you have to say, but like, yes, yes, it's you have similar. started. I love that. Okay, so to do this again, nothing I teach is rocket science, you guys. <laughs> to do this, <laughs> you're gonna brainstorm a list of 50 things, five zero things that you can do inside of 15 minutes or less that make you happy. Okay. And in the spirit of full disclosure, it took me a couple of weeks to come up with the whole 50. I was so surprised that it took me that long, but if you're doing this right, you know, you want it to be actual things that are going to replenish you. And it's 50 is a lot. And also the time limit of 15 minutes or less. Yeah, the time minute. Exactly. So once you have your list, the next step is just to start becoming super intentional about creating time each day or every couple of days or each week to tackle things from your list. And that's also going to take time, right? Because you're essentially starting a brand new habit from scratch, but you have to start somewhere. So you might as well start as soon as your list is compiled, because that's when you're going to feel the most excited about getting started. And, you know, using that excitement to get started is, is a great place to start. So a lot of people think of a bucket list as one and done. Are some of these things on here things that you can obviously redo? Like I have on, oh my gosh, yeah. it's just 10 things. Right. And I just said, I like to um, bake. I like to make things. Mm-hmm. So I like, I will literally just go buy like a brownie mix at the store and I'll just, I just feel like I enjoy making something out of yeah. nothing essentially. So like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. I might do that like on the weekends. I try to do it. Like if I'm around like once every weekend or something. Yeah. So yeah. are these yeah. things that like are supposed to be recurring things or things that are supposed to be like check the box. And I've done that once like a traditional bucket. I think, I think it's a combo. And, you know, I, ha- I, most of the things, if not all of the things on my list can be reoccurring. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So some examples of things, you know, and you'll be thinking outside of the box when you realize that you have 50 of these to come up with. Right. Right. Um, but so some examples of things that I have on mine, these are just, I don't know, eight or 10 examples text a friend I haven't talked to lately, um, plan a get together with a friend. So that's a little, (laughs) that's a sneaky one because the actual get together will be much longer than 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. but studies show 
that when you plan something ahead of time, that gives you an extra boost of happiness. So, um, that's why I allowed that little loophole in for myself. Mm So, okay. Um, coloring, doing a puzzle, something interactive with my daughter, uh, picking up a surprise breakfast or coffee for my husband, paying for someone in the line behind you. I have that. I have that. You do? Yeah. Doing something nice for someone like slash paying it forward. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, writing and mailing a thank you note to someone, Mm. uh, writing a list of 10 things I'm thankful for. Here's another loophole one booking a nail appointment because <laughs> booking takes less than 15 minutes. And then right. I get to look forward to the appointment so and, true. and wow, this is a great one to end on because it loops us all the way back to something that we started talking about at the top of this conversation. And that is picking a weekend to have no plans. Mm, I love it. It comes yeah. full circle. <laughs> it comes full circle. Yeah. Look at oh, us go. That's awesome. Uh, thank you. You're getting me also inspired and I, I'm absolutely going to go listen to the episode and I'm going to link the episode as well. Cause I think these are the little things, right? Like I created this silly list my own one day because I find that like, after I go through the craziness of my morning, I get to my desk at work and I just sit here and I'm like, huh, okay, now I have to send all these emails and I have to do all these mm-hmm. things for my clients and, and all this stuff. And like, where's the me time, right? And so I, what are the things that I could do that I could fit into my day, whether it's going for a walk, um, hugs, hugging someone on, oh, I love hugs. on my list. Um, it's silly, but like when I'm here by myself, like all I, I crave it. Right. So, yeah. um, so that's something that'll happen later, but like listening to music, like watching something funny on TV for like 15 minutes or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, these things that like make me feel like a person. It makes me feel like I am me. I'm mm-hmm. not just a slave to all the things that I have to do. Exactly. Exactly. Like you're the one in charge of your day and your day, not the one in charge of you. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love this. All right. So with that said, how can our listeners find you? How can they follow the work that you're doing? And yeah. So, um, I am most active on Instagram. My handle there is at think happy underscore co co. Um, and then my podcast, which is called the think happy podcast. I would say those are two fantastic ways, uh, to get to know me a little bit better and yeah, just slide into my DMs. I love getting DMs, you guys. I love it. Love it. It's fun. It's, I love just hearing from people who, you know, might've listened and can just, you know, vibe, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Want to, want to, you know, just hear more from us. So I think, I think like supporting each other and connecting with each other is like the most important thing that we can do. So I absolutely uh, agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much. This has been such a fun conversation. Oh, thank you for having me. I've had a a wonderful time also. Awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye.